Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Good evening. What's up? Not a whole lot. How you doing? Good enough. Yeah, hanging in there. Oh yeah, you know it. Doing <laughs> good. Yeah, doing all we can do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, to begin this one, I guess I guess I'm just gonna ask you a question. Sometimes we do that. It's not a complicated question, but sometimes we start these thing off these things off with like a word. So this word has mm-hmm. a few definitions. All of these definitions, well, two of these definitions matter for this episode. But okay. We always tell people to stay spooky. We do. It's a good core belief that I feel the show likes to project into the world because you know what you got to do? You got to stay spooky. Yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. So, that brings us to this word that is the root word of spooky. Well, okay. what is what is a spook? There's a few definitions. Mm-hmm. Probably, there's one, of course. We talk about supernatural, paranormal, you know, spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a ghost. It's a spirit. Right. Yeah. It's a, some kind of apparition. One definition of spook is not good, and it's one I'm glad the world has moved away from using, you know, a derogatory racial term. We're not talking mm-hmm. about that one. That's that's the one we're not talking about. Cool. We're staying. But, um, you know, ghosts like to hide behind the veil, and there is another term for a spook that I'm sure you, definition for the word spook, that I'm sure you realize what this, where this may be going. So mm-hmm. I am just going to jump in to this little definition here. So what's another definition for a spook? Well, the Central Intelligence Agency was created on July 26, 1947, when Harry S. Truman signed the National Security Act into law. And mm-hmm. this a major impetus for this creation of the agency was growing tensions with the USSR following the end of World War II. So, of course, the other definition for a spook is a spy. Right. I knew that from so uh, uh, reading some Tom Clancy novels back in the day. Right? Yeah. Gotta watch out for the government mm-hmm. spooks. Mm-hmm. But in an, in an ideal world, they're, um, you know, they're on our side. They're, they're um, agents of democracy and the good guys in an ideal world. Mm-hmm. Best case, best case scenario. So let's just read a little bit about the formation of the CIA. Um, you can imagine okay. what website is hel- is helping me out here. Uh, CIA.gov. 
Uh, well, oh, we're, hey, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I'm going to go with Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to go with Wikipedia. Yeah. All right. So just bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> Very dependable site. The, mm-hmm. uh, the success of the British commandos during World War II prompted U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt to authorize the creation of an intelligence service modeled after the British Secret Intelligence Service, MI6, and Special Operations Executive. This led to the creation of the Office of Strategic Services, the OSS. On September 20th, 1945, shortly after the end of World War II, Harry S. Truman signed an executive order dissolving the OSS. And by October 1945, its functions had been divided between the Departments of State and War. I feel like we had a good idea there. We don't need this Mm -hmm. anymore. Just, these guys can handle this. Well, these are the departments. The division lasted only a few months. The first public mention of the Central Intelligence Agency appeared on a command restructuring proposal presented by Jim Forrestal and Arthur Radford to the U.S. Senate Military Affairs Committee at the end of 1945. Despite opposition from the military establishment, the United States Department of State, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, um, Truman established the National Intelligence Authority in January 1946. So... You know, intergovernment bureaucracy and competing. You know, we're condensing things down to a Wikipedia paragraph. Mm -hmm. But government agencies never enjoy the creation of more government agencies because then everybody's competing for attention. They're like little children. They need attention. Yep. And nobody likes the new kid. Mm -hmm. Now, its operational extension was known as the Central Intelligence Group, the CIG, which was then the direct predecessor of the CIA. Now, ideally, the CIA, of course, is just an information-gathering agency. It has no jurisdiction within the United States and no legal law authority. It's just supposed to gather intelligence. Now, we're not going to delve into the bureaucracy and functionality of the CIA, but it's worth addressing that it exists because... Well, would you say CIA agents get up to a lot of stuff? Would that be a safe assumption? I believe that's a safe assumption, just from, you know, the stuff that we have been allowed to see, or they've messed up enough that we've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything that anything that happens to slip through. All right, well, the purpose for this, uh, mentioning the CIA for this episode, we just need to establish that the CIA exists. and mm-hmm. they We're not run trying to get on a list here. Uh, well, I mean, we may already have been on that list. Hopefully yeah. not. But yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, you never... Hmm. Combined with our discussion of the CIA and what I've been researching, uh, I'm probably on a list now. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, yeah, and then they, they have a record of us having this conversation and us meeting. Yeah. They've been watching yep. our browser, looking up s- separate CIA stuff, and then we're combined wave at them, watching through the webcam. Hey. Hey. Hello. Yeah, I've only got I've only got three screens looking at me. What kind of dystopia do I want to live in? <laughs> I've got a I've got a computer with a cam in it. I've got a laptop here. I have this phone I'm using. The iPad's over there. Yeah, I got I mean, three I, right here too. I got a phone. Yes, yeah, so a webcam and a <laughs> tablet. So, so they can we, just, well, I mean, we, just, we got th- three guys watching us right now each. Oh yeah. 
yeah, like, oh, this is getting juicy. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, what are they talking about? What are we? Maybe we have a live audience every week since we've been doing these, uh, these maybe remote podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's around it's around nine o'clock or eight thirty. It's time for we're in fear, guys. Here, get the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Jack into their feed. Okay. Cool. Oh, Nick's drinking a Mountain Frost. Wow, good choice, Nick. Not mm-hmm. even Mountain Dew, huh? <laughs> That's right. Our CIA agent can leave us a review on iTunes if he wants. That'd be nice. That would be nice of him. All right. Because so, I was looking up, I like to find little. We like to talk about um, spooky stories. That's kind of what we're about. Mm-hmm. Now, the CA, a lot of places we've established on this earth are haunted. Now, and CA agents dip into the very, um, you know, fabric of the world to gather as much intelligence as possible. Now, do you think um, CIA operatives have encountered encountered supernatural things throughout the course of their um, missions? What do you think the likelihood I mean, of that happening is? What do you pretty think? Pretty, definitely possible. I mean... The uh, X Files, you know, is like a whole thing. Sure, that's the FBI, but right. But I mean, that's yeah, that's just within the U.S. So imagine, yeah, just imagine. So when I was looking for things to kind of just you know crack open and cover to do for an episode, you mentioned CA.gov. Well, let's just Mm -hmm. jump straight to it. I found an article that was written just on the government website, which means it belongs to all of us. CIA.gov, and it is not Halloween. We both know this. That's but correct. I found an article called, called um, Spooky Stories for Halloween. Okay. So I'm going to dive right in here. Again, from CIA.gov, spooks. The CIA is famous for them. But this Halloween, or this Memorial Day... <laughs> Very topical. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You know, well, I mean, they've served our country just like anyone. Mm-hmm. The CIA operatives. But this Halloween or Memorial Day, we decided to explore a different kind of spooky story. Tales best told by candlelight or when gathered around a roaring bonfire in the cool of a late autumn or spring eve. Like everyone else, Agency officers love a good ghost story. Working late at headquarters and in locations around the world, it's no wonder that strange experiences have given way to ghostly legends. CIA officers, analysts, police, maintenance crews, and visitors have reported spooky stories of all kinds, ranging from the uncanny sound of footsteps in an empty hallway to seeing the apparition of a former director huddled over an old map in the library at night. How do you feel about this? I'm into it. Okay, good. <laughs> Often, these uns- <laughs> these unsettling experiences are explained away by fatigue or an overactive imagination. Now, I really don't think CIA agents need to run wild with their imaginations. That's just my personal opinion. They should, yeah, they should maybe be pretty not. grounded. I would I would think I would maybe don't so. run wild with with yeah <laughs> yeah with potential possibilities of how things could actually be. Um, 
Sometimes, however, a story is just a little too real, a little too strange, and told by someone not known for flights of fancy. In those cases, the stories begin to make their way around the agency, whispered in the dim of the evening after a long day's work, usually beginning with the words, Hey, did you hear the story about... So, you know, water cooler gossip. Mm-hmm. Now, in the spirit of Halloween or Memorial Day, I'm just going to keep adding that wherever it says Halloween, we decided to gather a few of these spooky tales and share them with you. All the stories you are about to read are reported to be true. That's quite the disclaimer. Yeah. Sometimes the names of people and places have been changed to protect the spooks, of course. Happy hauntings. All right, so we're going to get into our first story from CA.gov. Okay. This one is in, this one is entitled Good Day, Mr. Director. Mm-hmm. And these are just like reports or um, you know, actual sightings so they're written in the first person. So this is the account. Early in my career, the elevators of the older section of the CAA headquarters, known as the original headquarters building or the OHB, were known to have quirks. I think they still do. Occasionally, the elevator would stop and the doors would open at a floor with no one there, and no one on the elevator had requested that floor. I heard secondhand that the thing to do, this is in quotation marks, the thing to do when that happened was to say, quote, Good day, Mr. Director because it was assumed that the doors opened for the ghost of Alan Dulles. OHB was his project, as many know, but he never was able to move into his office, having been replaced as CA director just before it was ready. Hmm. And just know that we could have taken a, a little side detour and just the, uh, the backstory behind Mr. Alan Dulles, but we have not. But needless to say, I'm sure he was a very interesting man. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next tale is called Late Night Pickup Game. Late one night back in 1986 when I was on the agency security protective force making my security slash safety rounds. I heard what sounded like someone bouncing a basketball. As I made my way to the old archway that framed the entrance to the gym, it was obvious that someone was shooting baskets. My first thought was, why would anyone be shooting baskets at this time of night? It's a good question. Seems fair. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. Honest inquiry. As I entered the room, there were no lights and the dribbling of the basketball stopped. When I finally found the light switch, I spotted a basketball sitting in middle of the floor. I was expecting to hear running footsteps, but heard none. Just a lone basketball sitting at the free throw line. I returned to post and told my boss the story, and I remember him telling me about the uh, ghosts. I remember him telling me about the ghosts that other guards had seen or heard. Was it a ghost? I don't know, and I can't explain why I did not hear any footsteps or see anyone. After this incident, I paid close attention from that day on when I was near the gym at night. I never heard the bouncing basketball again. Hmm. Huh. Ooh. Spooky. Yeah, very spooky. And this one is called... This Our next installment is Work Never Ends for the Chief. 
A colleague of mine had to stay at the office late one night to write some cables and get caught up on other work. Her office was small and she was the last person in the office that night. While the silence of being alone had up to that point allowed her to work more efficiently, this night was different. As she typed on her keyboard, she swore that she could hear typing coming from a typewriter. At first, she thought it was the sound of someone else typing from a normal keyboard, but the sound of the carriage return bell. What? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Never mind. Every 10 seconds or so left her with no doubt that somehow she was hearing a typewriter. Curiously, she could only hear these sounds faintly as she typed herself. Every time she stopped to listen to the mysterious sounds more closely, the sounds ceased. Huh. Now, to me, does this sound like someone's just hearing themselves type? Well, if she's on a computer keyboard, though, and you're hearing that carriage gets yeah. slid back when they finish, you know, when they type, they get to the end and they slide the big thing back and it ding. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely a different sound. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's not just your normal. Yeah, it's coming from somewhere else beyond beyond your world and maybe even beyond this this earth. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, when she was ready to depart for the evening, she decided to check the office one more time before locking up. After all, she heard faint typing noises earlier, so she thought maybe someone had come back into the office unbeknownst to her. After verifying that, indeed, she was the only person left in the office, she walked toward the door, passing an unused and faintly lit office. As she passed by the doorway, she caught a glimpse of a man in the office, wearing a suit and a fedora, holding the phone to his ear. She backpedaled immediately to see who it was and to tell this person that he would be the last person remaining. But when she looked into the office, not even a moment later, she discovered it empty. And moreover, without a phone installed, she decided to put the whole incident out of her mind and go home. Weird. Weird, yeah. She's just like, yeah, well, guess he's busy or not there. I guess I'll just go home. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought I saw it. Never, oh, maybe I'm just seeing things. She's but just I a little, I saw a little sleepy, maybe. A that could be. Right, and I mean, imagine like the the stress they're under, and the uh, the PSTD from if they've been in the field, or even if they've just been crunching numbers for like twelve hours straight, like you said, no sleep, mm-hmm. and always, you know, kind of looking over your shoulder, or trying to, you know, just be aware of your surroundings. Now, this story continues because the next day she could not shake the impression she got from the previous night, and cautiously mentioned that the experience. Cautionally mentioned the experience to a co-worker, dismissing it immediately as the result of her fatigue that night. Quote, Oh, you saw the chief, quote, was her co-worker's unexpected reply. She insisted that by that late hour, she had already seen the chief go home for the day. But the co-worker said, No, the chief was what we call the guy some people have seen in this office late at night. End quote. Okay. Apparently, more than a few of her co-workers had seen the mysterious figure before. All who have experienced his presence have done so while working in the co while working in the office alone, late at night, though some have experienced him in different ways. 
Some claimed to hear unexplainable footsteps, while occasionally others caught a whiff of cologne in a long, empty office. A few have seen him always wearing his suit and fedora and standing while talking on the phone. For this reason, some in the office theorize that he is the spirit of a man who often stayed late at work and, after putting his hat on, picked up the phone to call his wife and tell her that he is on his way home. Hmm. That was the story of the chief. And then there is a story called the library ghost. Okay. Now, many years ago, when I worked at headquarters, a colleague of mine who arranged travel for officers overseas, let's call him Don, told me of his, quote, ghost sighting in the CIA library. He was working very late and was walking through the library. As he... Hold on. As he turned a corner, he saw a man bending over a table, looking at a map. It caught him off guard to see someone so late at night. He said that the man turned his head to look at Don, smiled, and disappeared. <laughs> Don said the man had on a pinstripe suit, and he resembled Bill Casey, former director of the CAA, William Joseph Casey. So... So former directors just hanging out in the library? Former directors absolutely just hanging out in the library because, I mean, if you can think of some spirits with maybe some unfinished business, Mm -hmm. I mean, I myself, I would picture those men perhaps being CAA operatives because God knows how many pots they had their fingers in. Yeah. And what kind of things, what kind of things they were, you know, mucking around with. Could be anything. Yeah, so I mean, just again, imagine the life of a CIA operative and how many supposed things, how many hauntings, how many supernatural things you may imagine because you're dealing with real danger and real situations and all of it could be a mess. Right. I mean, the CIA did a lot of weird stuff, especially, uh, I mean, what year did you say it started? 47? I believe so, yes, 47, yes. Well, uh, and then there was, uh, I don't know when it started, but there was that Project MK Ultra that came out where yes, they were attempting to do mind control with people and everything, and I guess like somehow in there you can fit a bunch of hallucinogenic drugs. Oh, yes. And I don't remember how it came about, but... They were like just dosing each other at work, <laughs> like micro dosing and stuff. Like, oh my god! Like just so you're seeing all sorts of shit. Or so they would like run experiments on each other at work, and I don't know. Maybe they're all on acid. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because that's a weird. That's a weird thing. They were. They were just. Unknowingly microdose each other, just like bel- slip it into. I believe so. Slip it into drinks and stuff. Yeah, because I think there was oh, like shit. some guy. I forget. Uh, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of reading on MK Ultra, but it sure it is just wild. All the things that come out. Like, I mean, we were right. we were like trying to do mind control experiments on Canadians and stuff, and and on our own people, and and then uh, then like uh, I think I think somebody at the CIA. Like, Ended up 
committing suicide by like jumping off of the building or something like that. And I could be wrong on this, but oh I think they like found out that he had been like being dosed with uh, LSD, and he was unaware of oh it. Oh my! <laughs> like, oh my god! So they just drove him insane. Jesus, no! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just ruining, just ruining a man's mind. <laughs> So who knows how many people they were doing it to. Oh, my God. I mean, I could have mixed that story up a little bit, too, but because that's just trying to go off memory here. But no, sure. It's a weird thing. It's worth a read. On just the stuff that does get out. Yeah, I mean, there's been. um, um, yeah, like you said, there's been so much on MK Ultra. I've never dove into like all the actual specifics. I've just known the blue, the uh, the bullet points. Mm-hmm. But I can, you know, I can only imagine how horrifying that actually, that actually is. And that's just the stuff they they released. Because you know they probably got some goodies in there that they're like, hope we can't let anybody know about that one. Right? Oh my god! Redacted. Or. <laughs> 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 What? What is this? Because we're looking up, talking all like, things supernatural, like and CIA, like Zoolander, when they, when he's supposed to assassinate the. Uh, ah, who is he? I forget. It's been a while since I saw that. But they say like the code phrase, and it like locks him in to assassinate the prime minister yes. of. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forget what it was. But you know what I mean. What you when you were start talking about MK Ultra, this reminded me of something. And I mean, how do you you like Wikipedia, don't you? That's a fun thing, right? Yeah, it's I, very it, very informative. It's pretty useful. Have you heard of uh, the CIA's uh, Stargate project or Project Stargate? Mm, I don't believe so. All right, let's get into it. Wikipedia wants to tell me that this should not be confused with Stargate, the 1994 film. That's so fair. Just keep that. Just keep that in mind. It's very helpful. Is it, that's not All the. Right. That's not the Scientology one, is it? Uh, no, that's Battlefield Earth. Oh yeah, yeah. Stargate is like Agent Egypt and Portal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but because um, I was reaching up like spooky and supernatural CAA things, and. Project Stargate came up, so I figure we'll just go to our informative Wikipedia, and then I want you to tell me how you feel about how you feel about this, because it's been a while since I looked at any of this, so it'll be kind of fresh for both of us. Uh, the Stargate Project was the 1991 code name for a secret U.S. Army unit established in 1978 at Fort Meade, Maryland, by the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, and SRI International. Ooh, a California contractor, to investigate the potential for psychic phenomena in military and domestic intelligence operations. Okay. The project and its precursors and sister projects originally went by various code names. These are some of those code names. Gondola Wish, Grill Flame, Center Lane, Sunstreak, and S-C-A-N-A-T. Scanate. What was it? Do you know that word? S C A N A T E. Hmm. But I mean, Grill Flame, Center Lane, and Sunstreak sound like Transformer names. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, that's that's true. 
Grill flame. He just transforms into a grill. Whoa. I typed in skinate just because I'd never heard that word before to see if I got a a definition, and (laughs) that's not what I got. I got the explanation (laughs) of what it is, and it's pretty weird. What is that? It's a CIA project in uh, remote viewing. So holy <laughs> shit! Well, fuck. Let's keep going. We should look into that too. What are we? What are we cracking open here? Just things available on the internet that are easy to find. Until 1991, when they were consolidated and rechristened as Stargate Project. Stargate Project work primarily involved remote viewing. Mm-hmm. The the purported ability to, to Psychically see events, sites, or information from a great distance. The project was overseen until 1987 by Lieutenant Frederick Holmes Skip Atwater, an aide and psychic headhunter. What? Mm. He's Yeah, he's a psychic headhunter. So do you just want to talk about Stranger Things? Zach, is that what we're going to talk about now? Just Stranger Things, Maybe. basically? I mean, it sounds like I mean, scrying that's... to me. <laughs> Which is a, you know, a spell for wizards and Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit! Remote man, viewing. Maybe they should look. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Man, I w- I would love to meet a CAA wizard. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Somewhere. Yeah. I'm like that's that's your job. Like agent so and so, third three star wizard. Okay. Yeah, maybe they're not even watching us through our cameras. They just got oh wizards doing it. They've never needed these things. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was a psychic headhunter to Major General Albert Stubble Stubblebine. That's a made-up name. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a wizard. Yeah, we can, yeah. yeah. Stubblebine, and later president of the Monroe Institute. The unit was small-scale, compromising. Oh, small-scale, comprising about eight, fifteen to twenty individuals. And was run out of a quote an old leaky wooden barracks. So this is and this is again like, f like you know fictional X Files type. It shit. wasn't a tower. You know they they were actually in a tower. I mean, they they might have had some cloaking spell to they're, hide the tower. Like, we'll just say everyone. it's a leaky shed, just so that people don't realize we're actually wizards. Because you know when they see the tower, it's gonna be game over. They're gonna know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at that point it's too late. The uh, Stargate project was terminated and declassified in 1995 after a CAA report concluded that it was never useful in any intelligence operation. Mm-hmm. What a waste of time! <laughs> How much did that cost? A lot, probably. Information, too busy microdosing, doing funny experiments to see if you can <laughs> visually project images into your brain. Or break your coworker mentally. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fun office game. Information provided by the program was vague and included irrelevant and erroneous data, and there was reason to suspect that its project managers had changed their reports so they would fit background cues. The program was featured in the 2004 book and 2009 film, both titled The Men Who Stare at Goats, although oh. neither mentions it by name. Yeah, uh-huh. I knew about that. I never saw All it. All right, so me neither, but maybe I'll have to now. Let's see. Do you want? Let's get into some background here about the Stargate Project. Okay. 
information in the United States on psychic research in some foreign countries was poorly detailed, based mostly on rumor or innuendo from secondhand or tertiary reporting, attributed to both reliable and unreliable disinformation sources from the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. So, like, were the commies just kind of stringing people along by telling the Americans, like, leaking information about mind control? Maybe. The Ruskies have mind control. We have to get into this. Mm-hmm. We need that sp- special tower. We have to get to, the, we have to get to the mind before them, just like we got to the moon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The CIA and DIA decided they should investigate and know as much about it as possible. Various programs were approved yearly and refunded accordingly. I mean, who is stamping approval for this shit? Reviews were made semi-annually at the Senate and House Select Committee level. Work results were reviewed, and remote viewing was attempted with the results being kept secret from the viewer. It was thought that if the viewer was shown they were incorrect, it would damage the viewer's confidence and skill. Huh. So you, you can't tell him he's wrong, because then he feels sad? <laughs> yeah. But... Why does... So they just all tell right. him he's right all the time? It's like, oh, you did a good job. Oh, you're yeah, I did get... Did, did I get any inf- useful information for you guys? Oh, yeah, we got plenty. Yeah, keep at it. Don't stop. You're doing a great job. Huh. Well, what what did I... What did I... Maybe that's where, how we saw all those WMDs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I swear I see something. Yeah, I saw missiles in Iraq, uh, chemicals and... Huh? Uh, maybe it was... It all happened just because they were too afraid to be honest with one man who claimed he saw them, and they were afraid to tell him no, so we invaded a whole country. Maybe. And to this day, even when they said they found no WMDs, it's like, oh, well, they must have... No, you... I mean, no, we, you... They moved them on you. You, What you saw was real. You have powers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. This was standard operating procedure throughout the years of military and domestic remote viewing programs. Feedback to the remote viewer of any kind was rare. It was kept classified and secret. Remote viewing attempts to sense unknown information about places or events. Normally, it is performed to detect current events, but during military and domestic intelligence applications, viewers claim to sense things in the future, experiencing precognition. So now we're into Minority Report. Yeah. How do you become one of these guys? I want to be a CIA wizard. Oh, my God. Type that into Google. See if it likes that in your search <laughs> Job thing. application. CIA yeah. wizard. CIA wizard. Yeah. Agent of magical arts. Did you find an application? Is it a? Can you print it out and send it in? No, but well, I mean, maybe I don't know. I typed in job <laughs> app CIA wizard, and it said the original wizards of Langley, and it's on the CIA gov website. <laughs> do you? Um, do you, you want to tell me about that? No, nah, I don't want to click on... that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't want. They're going to start scrying on me, and then they're going to be like, "Well, I don't know." Well, so then we will avoid looking up your wizard application then. And I'll just tell you, like, some 
some history. We can get into some cool stuff here. We let's go to the let's go. Zach, maybe maybe we found the source. What year? What? Oh my God, Zach! What? We cracked it open. Did we? What year do monsters always come? Well, seventy-seven. A little earlier. Sixty-seven. We, we've said it a few. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're. Um, it's in the middle, right in the middle of those, basically. Seventy-two. In nineteen seventy, this bear with me. United States intelligence sources believe that the Soviet Union was spending sixty million rubles annually. So what is it like five dollars? Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> sixty million rubles annually on psychotronic research. What does psychotronic mean? I have no idea. Becoming a wizard, probably. Oh, wow. I clicked on Psychotronic, and it sent me to the Wikipedia link called Electronic Harassment. Oh, Google sent me to Psychotronic Weapons. Oh, and Electronic Harassment. Interesting. All right, so Electronic Harassment, Electromagnetic Torture, or Psychotronic Torture, is a conspiracy theory that government agents make use of electromagnetic radiation, such as the microwave auditory effect, what the hell is that? Radar and surveillance techniques to transmit sounds and thoughts into people's heads, affect people's bodies, and harass people. Individuals who claim to experience this call themselves targeted individuals, or TIs. They claim they are victims of gang stalking. Oh my God. And many have joined support and advocacy groups. Huh. Um Multiple medical professionals have evaluated that these experiences are hallucinations, the result of delusional disorders or psychosis. The same sources from which arise religious delusions, accounts of alien abductions, and beliefs in visitations from dead relatives. It can be difficult to persuade people who experience them that their belief is an external influence. Their belief in an external influence is delusional. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm on Amazon Holy. now, and there's a whole bunch of stuff Holy. you can buy to uh, Holy shit. <laughs> neutralize that. There's some sweet hats. <laughs> what are they made of? High elastic, it's... RF, EMF cell tower, Wi-Fi shielding cap. It's just a tinfoil hat that looks nicer than tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it cost? How much does it cost? Uh, it says 59 to 92. I'm guessing it depends on the size. What? It's like, this is crazy. Yeah, what is happening right now? Where am I going? I'm just saying, we are doing, this is called, this is what happens, because I mean, let's let's be honest with people. I found an article on CA.gov with ghost stories. I just want to tell you about it. That's all I wanted to do. Huh, well, that, there's two very good reviews on these products. Oh, well, let's hear them. What do, the, what do those say? If you hate money but love being ripped off. <laughs> one star and the f and the next review is five stars i can live again it has freed me from the obama administration psychological radar torture <laughs> <laughs> oh man holy shit zach is that why 5g is a thing can 5g get through these hats oh maybe holy probably fuck. oh my god what's, what's the hat say does it say 5g protection Mm. Oh, jeez. This is not good. 
Well, let's just it just says cell towers. Well, this is. I'm gonna start getting weird ads now. I was already getting weird ads, but now they're gonna be weirder. Experiences. That's the section in uh, this little Wikipedia article. The experiences of people who describe themselves as undergoing electronic harassment using esoteric technology and who call themselves targeted individuals, TIs. Man, I gotta start calling myself a TI. Isn't. I think that's taken. Why? What is it? What does that mean? Isn't there a. Is that a. There's a rapper? Guy? This, yeah, TI. There's a guy named. Oh, shit. Is he a targeted individual? Maybe. Maybe that's where he got his name from. Oh, shit. That could be. But experiences often include hearing voices in their heads calling them by name, often mocking them or others around them, as well as physical sensations like burning. They have also described being under physical surveillance by one or more people. Many of these people act and function otherwise normally, and included among them are people who are successful in their careers and lives otherwise, and who find these experiences confusing, upsetting, and sometimes shameful, but entirely real. They use news stories, military journals, and declassified national security documents to support their allegations that governments have developed technology that can send voices into people's heads and cause them to feel things. The New York Times estimated that there are more than... Well, how many people do you think self-identify as TIs, including the rapper? I don't know. Probably a lot. Yeah, just throw out a number. I just want to see what come, how many you honestly think in the in the U.S. I, yeah, let's just it, it doesn't say where, but let's just say U.S. Yeah, I'm gonna say ten thousand. The New York Times estimated that there are more than ten thousand people nice. who self-identify as targeted individuals. Well done. That was you know what term I'm. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that was a good guess. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you nailed it. Hey, you know what a term I don't like that I've been introduced to? Gang stalking. I don't like that. Gang stalking. Yeah. But psychologist Lorraine Sheridan co-authored a study of gang stalking in the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry and Psychology. And according to her, quote, one has to think of the TI phenomenon in terms of people with paranoid symptoms who have hit upon the gang stalking idea as an explanation of what is happening to them. Mental health professionals say that TIs can experience hallucinations and their explanations of being targeted or harassed arise from delusional disorders or psychosis. Yale psychiatry professor Ralph Hoffman states that people often describe voices in their heads to external sources, such as government harassment, God, or dead relatives. And it can be difficult to persuade these individuals that their belief in an external influence is delusional. Other experts compare these stories to accounts of alien abductions. Holy shit. Well, they're kind of all over the place there. They really are. Yeah, you want to know some serious shit that... Is not good. People who suffer from who, people who have been um, suffering from this kind of electronic harassment have committed crimes. Do you know what kind of crimes they commit? Hmm. Not good um, ones. Well, they involve guns and they involve masses of people, and then they uh, use these guns. To, they use yeah, they use these guns to shoot people. Hmm. And uh. I'm probably going to pronounce this man's name wrong. Fuad Abdo Ahmed, a 20-year-old man, held a man and two women hostage at the St. Joseph branch of 
Tensas State Bank on August 13, 2013, eventually taking both their lives before his own. A subsequent police investigation officially concluded that Ahmed suffered from mental issues such as hearing voices and paranoid schizophrenia. Ahmed had accused the family of his ex-girlfriend of implanting a microphone device or some kind in his head. Well, do you know what this episode? Do you know what this? Oh, go ahead. Well, I wasn't going to say anything important. Oh, I was just going to say this. You know what this episode has become? This has become like the science-based version of my little the exor- the episode we did in exorcisms. Hmm, yeah. Like blaming the voices in your head on demons. Here we're blaming, well, they do blame God, but this whole fucking, this chip device, these microphone devices, mm-hmm. government surveillance, it's the other side to that, that flip coin. Yeah. The the side for the maybe not so religious or less right. religious, I, I guess. Yeah, I would compare, I, w- I want to make a bold comparison. I'm going to compare like the exorcism stuff to like Star Wars and the Force and how that's like a thing. Mm-hmm. Not that Star Wars isn't based in science, but then Star Trek is more science-based because it doesn't have the Force, but even that gets pretty magical. Mm-hmm. But both things involve crazy things, but like one is like Star Wars and one is like Star Trek, is my point. <laughs> okay. I guess we can use and, that. And they both involve space and weird things or demons or whatever the fuck, whatever you need. I mean, we're talking about wizards. Let's just talk to Jedis and shit, talk about Jedis and shit. Okay. Yeah. What if what if what if the CIA had Jedi's? I mean, that would be a CIA wizard, really. I mean, that's basically what. Yeah. That that's a wizard. Yeah. All right. So, I think we've uh, come to a logical conclusion there, that uh, the CIA has Jedi. Yep. They do. And that's a fact. So. That's <laughs> a fact. I mean, now it's the this will be on the internet, and then everything on the internet is true. So. That's true. Which I mean, I read is, that on the internet. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Can't doubt the internet. No. Hey, somebody else committed a crime on September 16th, 2013. Oh, it's still in 2013. Oh, shit. Aaron Alexis, oh my God, fatally shot 12 people and injured three others in the Washington Navy Yard using a shotgun huh. on which he had, in which he had written, quote, my elf weapon, quote. What? Before being killed by responding police officers, the FBI concluded that Alexis suffered from delusional beliefs that he was being, quote, controlled or influenced by extremely low frequency electromagnetic waves. So would that be his ELF, his ELF, extremely low frequency weapon? Yeah, that's what I would guess. Huh. Uh, November 20th, 2014. Myron May shot and injured three people on the campus of Florida State University and was killed by responding police officers. Before the event, he had become increasingly anxious that he was under government surveillance and heard voices. Well, I guess the government wasn't surveilling him good enough if they didn't stop him from shooting these people. Right. So that probably means they weren't surveilling him. Unless, you know, you can believe even more fucked up conspiracies where they the government made him do it because that's yeah. cool to think about. Well, I mean, that goes back to uh I mean, you could manipulate False it back fuck. to MK Ultra. Right. Oh shit. God damn it. Now we're on a list. Yeah, we're definitely on Gavin a list. Gavin Eugene Long. 
Gavin Eugene Long, who killed three police officers and injured three others in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on July 17, 2016, was a believer in numerous anti-government movements and conspiracy theories. But he was most notably a member of a group dedicated to helping people suffering from, quote, remote brain experimentation, remote neuromonitoring of an entire human's body. That sounds... Rough. Well, yeah, what does that sound like? Not good. It's not good, <laughs> not, but yeah, not, that, that definitely sounds good. like something that should seek help. Right. That's just the failing of our current state of affairs in every way possible, that no one was able to help these people and they believed messages were being sent into their brains. Mm-hmm. Well, remember I told you things started in the 70s? Yeah. In response to claims that the Soviet program had produced results, the CIA initiated funding for a new program known as Scanate, which is which means scan by coordinate. Mhm. In the same year, Zach, remote viewing research began in 1972. Holy shit. That's when all the monsters started coming. Yeah. Oh my god. Or more of this them. This is I just strange. This is just Stranger Things, right? This is when the uh, the surge, the monster surge of 1972. What a cool thing to call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Stranger Things just adapted it and put it in the 80s. Right. Exactly. They just bumped it up a little bit. Well, actually, yeah. Shit. And it was, well, when did Stranger Things, it's like 80, when is, what, when does it start in the 80s? I don't remember. It's, it's early 80s. Because they had, because they had Elle for, I mean, they had Elle in the 70s. Right. Yeah. They had to have, because yeah. she's older, because she, she's, you know, mm-hmm. however old she is. Oh, shit. Stranger Things, based in a, why doesn't Stranger Things start with, like, based in a true story? <laughs> I feel that they missed out there. Or inspired by, probably for copyright reasons. They don't want to steal somebody else's story. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so that began in 1972 at the Stanford Research Institute in Menlo Park, California. Uh, Proponents of the research said that a minimum accuracy rate of 65% required by the clients was often exceeded in later experiments. Physicists Russell Targ and Harold... Puthoff began testing psychics for SRI in 1972, including one who would later become an international celebrity, Israeli Yuri Geller. Their apparently successful results garnered interest within the U.S. Department of Defense. Ray Hyman, professor of psychology at the University of Oregon, was asked by Air Force psychologist Lieutenant Colonel Austin W. Kibler, then director of behavioral research for ARPA, to go to SRI and investigate. God, they love their alphabets. There's so many of these things. Mm-hmm. He was, he was to specifically evaluate Geller. Hyman's report to the government was that Geller was a complete fraud, and as a consequence, Targan Puthoff lost their government contract to, to further work with him. The result was a publicity tour for Geller, Targan Puthoff to seek private funding for further research work on Geller. Holy shit. Huh. In 1977, the Army Assistant Chief of Staff for Intelligence, A.S., ACSI, Systems Exploitation Detachment, SED. Oh my God. So the ACSI 
of the SED started the Gondola Wish Program to evaluate potential adversary applications of remote viewing. Army intelligence then formalized this in mid-1978 as an official program, Grill Flame, based on buildings 250, 2560 and 2561 at Fort Meade. Oh my god. Holy shit. And then the shit in the 80s, these are short. So in early 1979, the research at SRI was integrated into Grill Flame, which was redesigned or redesignated INSCOM Central Lane Project, ICLP, in 1983. 1984, the existence of the program was reported by Jack Anderson, and that year it was unfavorably, unfavorably received by the National Academy of Sciences National Research Council. I'm just going to say that one as the N-A-S-A-N-R-C. Whatever, who cares? All this bullshit. In late 1985, the Army funding was terminated, but the program was redesignated Sunstreak and funded by the DIA's Scientific and Technical Intelligence Directorate. And then in the 90s, shit moved around, moved around, and then it was given its final game, Stargate. But then everything, I guess, came to a close in 1995. Huh. In 1995, the Defense Appropriations Bill directed that the program be transferred from DAA to CIA oversight. The CIA commissioned a report by American Institutes for Research that found that remote viewing had not been proved to work by a psychic mechanism and said it had not been used operationally. The CIA subsequently canceled and declassified the program. In 1995, the project was transferred to the CIA and a retrospective evaluation of the results was done. The appointed panel consisted primarily of Jessica Utz and Ray Hyman. Hyman had produced an unflattering report on Yuri Geller and SRI for the government two decades earlier, but the psychologist David Marks found Utz's appointment to the review panel puzzling, given that she had published papers with Edwin May, considering this joint research likely to make her, quote, less than impartial. A report, Oots claimed the results were evidence of psychic functioning. However, Hyman in his report argued Oots' conclusion that ESP had been proven to exist, especially precognition, was premature, and the findings had not been independently replicated. Hmm. Mr. Hyman came to this conclusion, quote, Psychologists such as myself who study subjective validation find nothing striking or surprising in the reported matching of reports against targets in the Stargate data. The overwhelming amount of data generated by the viewers is vague, general, and way off target. The few apparent hits are just what we would expect if nothing other than reasonable guessing and subjective validation are operating. So, just people getting lucky. Yeah. Yeah, wild guesses, some turn out to be true because that's just going to happen sometimes. And then another negative conclusion was written by Joe Nickel. He said, quote, Other evaluators, two psychologists from AIR, assessed the potential intelligence gathering usefulness of remote viewing. They concluded that the alleged psychic technique was of dubious value and lacked the concreteness and reliability necessary for it to be used as a basis for making decisions or taking action. The final report found reason to suspect that in some well-publicized cases of dramatic hits, the remote viewers might have had substantially more background information than might otherwise be apparent. So basically, it took it took from 1972 to 1995 for the government to be like, yeah, this is not working. Or for them to know it's working and then try to bury it. Oh, fuck. But yeah. Oh, my God. 
Who knows? But oh my god, that's unbelievable. Stranger Things is just real life. Is all I have to say. Yep. Remote viewing. That's her actual. That's her power. Is remote viewing, and it reached different dimensions. Hmm. Holy shit! Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Son of a bitch. Well, sorry, I <laughs> ruined Stranger Things. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Let's see. What does this say? Something about Ed Dames. I don't know who that is. Do I? He's a he's a guy who was um. He basically was aided like a, an assistant to like remote viewing stuff. Okay. I just saw a thing that said um, he soon established a reputation for pushing CRV to extremes with target sessions on Atlantis, Mars, UFOs, and aliens. Oh. That got me excited. Well, that's and cool. it reminded me, I really have to talk about um, Theosophy and Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that's a thing. Oh, that is a thing that should never be forgotten. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. But whenever I get into it, after I'm like like a few pages deep, I just like stop. I'm like, all right. It's like, all right. Well, yep. Damn, that would have been fun. But yeah, so I mean, tying, looping it back to the CIA and seeing spooky things. Yeah, maybe they're seeing all these crazy things because they have operatives trying to fuck around with looking at different dimensions or viewing things or... I mean, who knows what they're doing? We still don't know what anyone does. This is the, These are the kind of stories that helps reinforce like people who are afraid of like bureaucracy and like the quote-unquote deep state. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this just fuels... Like, oh yeah, we did this for a long time, but... Mighty you trust us now. Probably though. still doing it, in some aspect. Pro- probably still doing it, but fuck, tying everything into 1972 when things really started getting going as far as monsters go. What was going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> what? I have no idea. Yeah. Just but yeah, madness. There's a cool live research session. looking up (laughs) looking up the cia starting with ghosts and ending up with psychedelic projections and electromagnetic disturbances and brain control and fucking yeah what was the name of those hats maybe they can sponsor us i don't know i closed it (laughs) good call (laughs) get out of there but uh, yeah there we go cia what can i call that one it was going to be like CIA ghosts, or maybe I'll just call it getting spooky with the CIA. That's what I'll do. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, all those things I feel need to be further. God, can you imagine the conspiracies that I will fall into if I just start researching this, like without just Wikipedia focusing my search? Holy shit. Right, yeah. I mean, you can easily get on a, a conspiracy rabbit hole for sure. T.I.'s. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think... Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Don't email me about... T- t- seek help if you think you're being mind-controlled. Or if you... Talk to... Talk, or if you are remote viewing us from the CIA, go ahead and leave us a review on our iTunes. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or wherever you <laughs> review where we, your It's where podcast. we can know... <laughs> Yeah, wherever where yeah, wherever you get your podcast, just let us know. 
at Weird and Feared Gmail. Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com, all the social medias, Weird and Feared, um, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Weird and Feared, we're there. We got bonus content that will be available when this episode comes up and get excited for Weird and Feared Behind the Veil because the conversation continues. Mm-hmm. So who, who knows what musings we'll get on about after dealing with this goddamn conspiracy nonsense. Yeah. But, huh. It's a lot to process. Yep. And I'm sure people listening, loyal fans, may be more of an expert on Project Stargate, to which I say, congratulations. Yeah. You've you've fallen down this rabbit hole that I have just begun to. I feel like I've heard about all of these things. Yeah, I think I've heard about most of them, uh, but definitely haven't gone too far down them. I enjoy conspiracies, but sometimes you can get really really lost in them right well because i always approach a good conspiracy as like that's fun but it's not really fun when it destroys the fabric of reality and truth (laughs) and democracy as we know it and then it's not fun right yeah like can't we just amuse about like interdimensional blood-sucking vampires we don't have to believe they exist can we just have like fun like isn't that silly (laughs) as opposed to they're in control of the government they must be destroyed Mm -hmm. well all right well Think about that. I mean, everybody's listening to this show on their smart devices anyway, so we're all jacked in here, guys. We've already committed to whatever's happening. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Stay spooky. All right. Peace out, CA. Later. Bye.